Welcome to the Sustainability Agenda, a podcast series focusing on the evolving complexities of the sustainability landscape with a view on addressing current issues in a concise format to help you navigate and take action. I'm your host, Dominique Barker. Please join me as we explore today's most pressing matters with special guests that will give you some new perspective and help you make sense of what really matters. The areas now that are evolving is carbon, as you could call it an asset class, you could call it a commodity, you could call it a risk, but nonetheless, it's something that needs to be managed by our clients. Along the lines of interest rates, commodity prices, foreign exchange, these are factors that a modern CFO, CEO, treasurer, etc., need to be looking at. Today, we welcome Roman Dubček, Deputy Chair at CIBC Capital Markets. Roman is responsible for senior client relationships and strategy, as well as all the strategic opportunities that can emanate from CIBC Capital Markets. Today also marks CIBC Sustainability Agenda's 50th podcast episode. Roman was our first ever guest for the inaugural episode back in March 2021, so I'm delighted to have him join us today. For this 50th episode, we have a lot to review from the past almost two years. We're going to discuss the growth of sustainability advisory, how we're helping our CIBC clients to transition to a low-carbon economy, and the outlook for the next 12 months. Good morning, Roman, and thank you so much for joining on this 50th episode of the Sustainability Agenda. Well, great to be here, Dominique. It's hard to believe it's 50 episodes in uh, the span of time. It's been a very productive period for, uh, for you and the team, so congratulations on this milestone. Yeah, well, and you. Thank you. So in this episode, we're going to discuss a number of things, including your motivation back almost three years ago to focus on sustainability. How do you see this changing our approach with clients and our opportunities for growth? And I re-listened to our podcast that we recorded, and I noted that you said it's an exciting time to be in corporate finance in reference to the transition to a low-carbon future. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I do. It's always exciting to be in corporate finance. And I I think since that first episode, the world has changed just in unbelievable ways, just obviously geopolitically, economically, and both of those have had substantial impacts on you know, what the world needs to be doing in terms of sustainability and getting to a lower carbon future. Like I wouldn't have predicted the path, but if I had to draw a line from where we were there to where we are now, I'd say progress has been made, like I said, in a different route than I would have anticipated, but there's a lot to do still. But I think the foundation of where we need to be going is, is substantial, positively oriented, and has momentum. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think we've been lucky that we have had some tailwinds, which we'll probably maybe get to today that have impacted us positively. What aspects of sustainability advisory or sustainability have really exceeded your expectations? Or perhaps I should say, uh, you know, any surprises for you? And maybe you can discuss why. Yeah. Well, look, I think you always make decisions and interpret opportunities based on the point in time in which you you make those and what's fed into those. And at the time, if you're in March of 2021, during COVID, the world was working at the cadence it was at that point. And I think the way you and I looked at sustainability advisory, and we use the term colloquially, I guess, the denominator effect, meaning improving our clients' cost of capital by focusing on the denominator, the discount rate, if you will, based on their activities. And a lot of it was focused on 
sustainability advice, sustainability ratings. Remember those? Like that was a big topic of conversation two years ago, a year and a half ago, and charting a course for our clients and what they needed to keep an eye on going forward. And so we are forward now and where where are we? And it's just completely different because now we are speaking to our clients on a variety of basis, be it sustainability finance, which wasn't so much a thing back then as it is now. It's a legitimate area of finance that we have a big team focusing on. But then there's also opportunities as it relates to carbon trading, carbon acknowledgement of carbon, carbon trading, uh, carbon strategy, governmental participation in this process was obviously on a well-thought-out basis, you would have said, yes, eventually governments are going to have to get involved here. But really, energy transition, as it's evolved, the investment in it, the high capital costs involved, don't occur without government participation. And you see that manifested in what the federal government in Canada has been doing, both in terms of its kind of evolving commitment from you know the budget and the fall economic statement. And now we have another budget ahead of us and a variety of programs that have been put in place and you know certain agencies changing their mandate to lean more into energy transition. And then the granddaddy of them all, if you want to call that, is the US and the Inflation Reduction Act and the amount of capital that's being allocated to energy transition in the United States, which is leading the world and forcing other jurisdictions to kind of compete with the incentives that the United States government is putting in in place for energy transition. And it's not just the Inflation Reduction Act. There's also the CHIPS Act and the JOBS Act in the U.S. that's allocating capital to energy transition. So, you know, we as a result, we, we've responded and we've put much more of an emphasis on navigating, you know, legislation and actually governments and helping our clients, you know, sort out what the programs are, how best to exercise those and explore new technologies, which is really exciting right now to get back to your question about corporate finance. It's very exciting, but in a different way today than it was a year and a half ago. I always like the way you described the problem that we're solving is helping our clients figure out how to reduce their cost of capital. So really thinking about the denominator. And now as you talk about how we're moving into really sustainability 2.0, it's really focused on the numerator. So those opportunities. And you know, we you and I have talked about this inevitable policy response and the IRA or Inflation Reduction Act is certainly an embodiment of that theory. And I predict that there's going to be more. I just saw a headline this morning about some EV tax measures that are being contemplated in the U.S. And our partner, Nav Baines, wrote about what Canada needs to do in order to remain competitive. So there's, I think there's a lot, you know, watch the space, as you've mentioned, uh, the importance of government in sustainability. Roman, you've recently moved to the role of deputy chair, and maybe you can discuss some of the priorities for 2023 and where you see some of the biggest opportunities and challenges. Well, I certainly think energy transition is right in the middle of the sites of our clients, all of them, and managing that. And so that is more than enough to occupy, you know, our uh, one's day and, and an entire franchise. And so we're, we're very, very focused on that globally as a bank and specifically on the capital market side with a variety of teams work, working on that, enabling our clients, sorting through the issues. But then really the other thing to sort of add to the previous question is executing. And we are in execution mode. You know, obviously we're well into the evolution of sustainable finance. You know, we've got teams devoted to green bonds, sustainable bonds, sustainability-linked loans, green loans, and, and others. So I would say that's a, an area that 
in the last year and a half, if you want to use that time frame, has really evolved and is almost normal course as it relates to a, you know a mature capital markets platform. You know the the areas now that are evolving is carbon as you could call it an asset class, you could call it a commodity, you could call it a risk, but nonetheless, it's something that needs to be managed by our clients along the lines of interest rates, commodity prices, foreign exchange. You know, These are factors that a modern CFO, CEO, treasurer, et cetera, need to be looking at. And you know, to use the, the financial statement analogy, you know, it's gone from balance sheet management, if you will, and obviously that, you know, sustainable finance and, and others factor into that, but it's kind of in, in the realm of the income statement and, you know, helping clients manage, optimizing their revenues or lowering their costs of doing business and big, big, big focus for us. And, you know, other very, very large trends, significant trends that have continued to evolve or really accelerated in the last few years have been and the infrastructure, inf- continued infrastructure investment, we saw that particularly in healthcare and other forms of, of government support and development in both the Canadian and, and U.S. context that we're focused on. The shift from public to private markets, especially in the last few months with the volatility in the public markets, that was always a trend. And it, I think it's been a bit exacerbated in this context and the concentration of capital in private hands versus public markets continues. Don't see that abating in any way. I have mentioned government engagement, and I think that is is something that we're very focused on building out our capabilities and our team. And we've got great partners with the addition of Lisa Raid and NAFBANES. Done a great job of raising our game as it relates to engagement of our clients with with governments and our just the knowledge of how governments operate. And then the new one that is the new trend, which is an unfortunate offshoot of the, the conflict in Ukraine, is a reshoring and friend sharing and the complete reset. I feel comfortable calling that of investment, capital investment to take out some political risk as to one where one's supply chain comes from and no better example of what than what the United States government has done with the Chips Act and bringing a lot of semiconductor manufacturing onto the shores of the United States and maybe equally so a little quieter than the chip side is the onshoring of photovoltaic cell manufacturing in the United States so that's also a very significant supply chain issue that's being addressed you know those investments are being made now so that has a profound influence on the economies. I speak specifically about North America because I use those two examples and the service providers related to those investments. So if you look at you know the S&P 500, it's the Wilshire 5000 that's actually going to be influenced by reshoring or onshoring less than the larger entities. But that, you know, from a from our client's perspective is a great opportunity going forward. So we're focused on, you know, making sure our franchise is tightly aligned to the trends that our clients are facing. Right. Um, and Roman, maybe we can just finish off with, in our inaugural episode, you mentioned a book that was personally impactful to you, and that was We Are the Weather by Jonathan Safranfauer. And after that episode, I did read the book, and it's an excellent book, and I recommend it to everyone. I was wondering, do you have any other books you would, I know you're a big reader, avid reader, any other books or materials that you would recommend to our listeners that are influencing you? 
Yeah, no, I would say much like Jonathan Fower influenced my diet uh, in terms of shaping yeah, my views. Yeah, exactly. It's good read. Yeah. Worth rereading at times. But uh, I would say the one that I would point everyone in the direction of is Speed and Scale by John Doerr. Yes. I think that book, I've, li- I've read it and I've listened to it in audible format. And it really, it made sense a while ago because John applies a very practical application of how to get, just get things done, big things done. And But if you look at what the U.S. government has done with the IRA, and I was just kind of reviewing it on the weekend, just you know, reading something, it sounds like they paid attention. It sounds mm. like they've gone quickly. Of all the incentives in the IRA are short-fused, like get this thing built by 2025, 2029, 2030, 2035, very quickly, and scale, big money going at it. So, you know, and not only is it a good read, but I think it'll give you a chart the course as to how the big system, governments, industry, and others are really addressing climate change and energy transition. And I, I think it is a, you know, whether it's perfectly precise or not, it will see. But I thought it was uh, just very well thought out. So I, it's not a hard read or hard listen. And I'd suggest that for everybody to uh, spend some time with because I think that'll, like I said, it'll explain how this is evolving in the next, you know, call it year or so. 50 podcasts from now, maybe we can review and see how well that went. (laughs) I would completely concur. The book Speed and Scale is, I think, highly recommended reading and is a great blueprint of what needs to be done and what capital needs to be mobilized and where in a pretty concise plan. So that's a great recommendation. Thank you very much. Roman, thank you for taking the time to join our show today. And thank you to our listeners for listening in. Great. Thanks, Dominique. Please join us next time as we tackle some of sustainability's biggest questions, providing different perspectives to help you move forward. I'm your host, Dominique Barker, and this is The Sustainability Agenda. The materials disclosed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and subject to our code of conduct as well as IROC rules. The information and data contained herein has been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable without independent verification by CIBC Capital Markets and to the extent that such information and data is based on sources outside CIBC Capital Markets, we do not represent or warrant that any such information or data is accurate, adequate, or complete. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary herein, CIBC World Markets Inc. and or any affiliate thereof shall not assume any responsibility or liability of any nature in connection with any of the contents of this communication. This communication Communication is tailored for a particular audience and accordingly this message is intended for such specific audience only. Any dissemination, redistribution, or other use of this message or the market commentary contained herein by any recipient is unauthorized. This communication should not be construed as a research report. The services, securities, and investments discussed in this report may not be available to nor suitable for all investors. Nothing in this communication constitutes a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any specific investments discussed herein. Speakers on this podcast do not have any actual implied or apparent authority to act on behalf of any issuer mentioned in this podcast. The commentary and opinions expressed herein are solely those of the individual speakers, except where the author expressly states them to be the opinions of CIBC World Markets, Inc. The speakers may provide short-term trading views or ideas on issuers, securities, commodities, currencies, or other financial instruments, but investors should not expect continuing analysis, views, or discussion relating to those instruments discussed herein. Any information provided herein is not intended to represent an adequate basis for investors to make an informed investment decision and is subject to change without notice. CIBC Capital Markets is a trademark brand name under which Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, its subsidiaries and affiliates provide products and services to our customers customers around the world. For more information about these legal entities, as well as the products and services offered by CIBC Capital Markets, please visit www.cibccm.com.